Like Duncan said, we're starting a new collection of talks entitled, in the book of Jonah, our tagline is, hope for that great city. Man, we're truly believing that in this book, we're going to trust God for what he's going to do in and through us in this city. We have been journeying through the minor prophets, and to be completely honest with you, it's been amazing. We've done, we're almost done. We've got Jonah, Amos, and Habakkuk, but I just want to remind you, God is speaking to us today. That This was a word spoken back then, but it's still relevant for us right now. Just a little bit of context before we jump into the book. The setting of this book was from 786 to 746 BC. It was written in a post-exile time. It was written in the fourth to the, from the 5th to the 4th century. This was under the reign of King Jeroboam II. Jonah was a prophet. If you've been with us over the last few weeks, or last week James spoke about what a prophet is. A prophet is merely someone who receives a word from God and shares it with his people. And we see that Jonah was one of the first prophets to actually receive a word from God that was not for the Israelite people. They were not for God's people. It was actually called to go to a other people and to share this word with them. I want to let you know that Jonah's name means dove. He had a father, a Matai, and his name means truth. The reason I say this to you, because as I was prepping, I don't know if you've ever heard the song. I'm going to try and not sing it because I, I don't want to break anyone, hurt anyone's ears. But it goes like this. It's not a secret it's not a fairy tale. It's not made up. Jonah was in a whale for three whole days. One, two, three. It's a kid's worship song. But the reason I say that is because when we come to the story of Jonah, it's so easy to believe that it's made up. Like when you hear the story, it sounds very fictional, but I want to let you know that this was a real person. Jonah was a real person, that he had a father, that he actually did exist. Over in scripture, we'll notice that people use examples and they come up with stories but this is not a story this is a biblical account you'll see in the book of second kings that jonah again prophesizes to king Jeroboam. we'll see in the new testament that jesus makes reference to jonah so jonah was a real person it's important for us to know that because it's going to get interesting it's going to get a little bit crazy but we're going to read together. I want you to strap yourself in. I'm going to be reading 16 verses. Come on now. And I'm going to do my best to make sure it's engaging. There's a lot of big words and a lot of weird names, but I'm going to do my best. So can you, are you guys ready? Thank you. Okay, now let's read Jonah chapter 1. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city. Call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord held a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his lowercase God. 
And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had laid down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise. Call out to your lowercase God. Perhaps your lowercase God will give thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, come, let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they casted lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, tell us of whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the big God of heaven the capital G, God of heaven, who made the seas and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, what is this that you have done? For the, man, the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord. He had told them. Then he said to them, what shall we do? To, they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? So the sea grew more and more to tempestuous such a good word such a brilliant word tempestuous and he said to them pick up pick me up and hold me into the sea then the sea will quiet down for you for I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you nevertheless the men rode harder to get back to dry land but they could not see they could not for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them Come on now. Therefore, the Lord called. Therefore, they called out to the Lord, "O oh Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood. For you, Lord, have you done as it pleased you?" So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceeding, and they offered a sacrifice and made made vows. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let us pray on the back end of that. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. God, I pray right now that these would not be my words, but Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to your people today. God, I pray for everyone in the room, and I pray for everyone online, God, that as they hear this word, God, that they would be challenged, God, that they would fall more in love with you, God, that they would grow in dependency on you, and God, I just pray, Lord, that we know that we can't do any of this with our own strength. But God, I pray right now that your name would be the name lifted high. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. And all God's people said, amen. If you're taking notes, point number one is this, a road of disobedience. God had called Jonah to a specific task. He had sold Jonah as the prophet to go to the people of Nineveh and to share his grace, to share his truth with them because he was calling them to repentance. But what we see happening in this moment is Jonah flees to go in the opposite direction. So oftentimes when we speak about Jonah, we, we usually give him a hard time. Like he just, what, God gave you a word and you ran away. But I think when we understand the context of why he fled, maybe it will help us understand a little bit more. So the Ninevite people were not God's people. They were not the Israelites. They worshipped idols. They worshipped other gods. And 
They were a barbaric group of people. What they would do is as they were conquering, they would go into towns and they would kill little kids in front of their parents. And then they would kill the parents as well. They would cut off the heads of men and put it on stakes and leave it in the town so that when people came in, they would know that the Ninevite army was there. Oftentimes, our villages would rather commit suicide than be killed by the Ninevites. They were so brutal. What they would also do is they would bury people with their heads sticking out so they would die of hunger, thirst, or be killed by wild animals. This is the group of people that God's calling Jonah to go speak to. But there's another reason I believe, and this is an Easter egg for a little bit later in the series, is Jonah has a deep heart conviction to see people truly repent of their sin. He wasn't okay with just half-hearted repentance. But I'm going to leave that. that that's going to come a little bit later. So when Jonah hears this word, and he's called to go to this great city of Nineveh, to put it in perspective, he runs in the opposite direction. He flees 3,200 kilometers in the opposite direction. That's like going from Joburg to Cape Town, from Cape Town back to Joburg, and then some. That's how far he ran to get away from what God had called him to do. I want to say this to us today, that I believe that we at times have Jonah moments as well. Where God places a word on us or God challenges us with something. And instead of fulfilling what God's called us to do, we run in the opposite direction. Because it's scary. It's overwhelming. So what do we do? We run. And what happened in this moment with Jonah, I think Jonah started having a small view of God and a big view of himself. That he felt like he was more important than what God had called him to do. And he truly did believe... Can I just remind us again that Jonah was a prophet, that he was a man of God, that he knew better. But in a moment of being overwhelmed, he truly believed that he could run and flee from the presence of God. And this is what Psalm 139 from verse 7 to 10 teaches us about that. It says, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed, you are there. If I take the wings in the, of the morning and dew of the utmost parts of the sea, even your hand shall lead me. Your right hand shall hold me up. I want to say this to you again today, that there's no place that you can go where you will be outside of the presence of God. That regardless of how overwhelmed and how fearful it can be, God's presence is there with you. And I want to say that for everyone in the room today who you feel like God's forgotten about you. You feel like he's too busy with other people. His presence is with you. That when we have a small view of God, and we all default to that sometimes, we do truly believe that God can't be with me. But when we realize and have a big view of God, we realize that he is a big God, that he is omnipresent, that he can be with everyone all the time, that his presence is not limited to one particular place. That there's nothing you can do to outrun the presence of God. If you're taking notes, point number two is this. A road of disappointment. We see that Jonah hits the road. He's like, cool God, I heard what you're calling me to do, but I'm going to go in the opposite direction. And as Jonah does that, there's a few things that we see in the story that happens. Firstly, he finds a ship. 
Like, what are the chances? I know as we say ship, you're like, okay, it's probably ships all the time. But ships would only dock every six months. Yet he finds the ship. And it says that he pays for his wages to get onto the fare to get onto the ship. I just want to say this to you, that oftentimes being outside of the will of God, being outside of what God calls us to do, will cost us a lot. It will cost us in pain. It will cost us in time. But when God calls you to do something, yes, it's not comfortable, but going against it will cost you. The next thing we see is Jonah is in this boat. He's fast asleep. And eventually the men come to him and they're like, but who are you? And he shares who he is, what people group he is, the God that he serves. And in this moment where there was an opportunity for Jonah to share of the goodness of God and to almost have a living testimony of who God is, what actually happens in effect is now he's run away from this God. He doesn't trust this God. So in this moment, Jonah actually lost his testimony, an opportunity to speak of the goodness of God. That's what happens when we decide to be outside of the will of God. It's hard for us to tell people of who God is. It's easy on a Sunday to sing about God's goodness, but in the workplace when things are going wrong, it's hard to speak about God's goodness. The next thing we see is Jonah leaves and flees from God because like, this is overwhelming. This is scary. I don't know if these people will truly repent, potentially. So he runs. But where does he find himself? In a storm. Sometimes doing the challenging thing is the safest place you can be because then you're in God's will. But if you run away and you try to do it, the storm will hit you. I'm going to say that again. Being in God's presence, being in God's will, and doing what he's called you, it, the challenge might be big. But God will be with you. But I, Sometimes I feel like we default to, I'm just going to do this because it's going to be easier, but storms will hit us. And we've been in the series and we've been talking about the gift of prophecy. We've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And for a lot of us, we've had moments where we said, God, I, I want to be used by you. But then God gives us a word or God calls us to do something. We're like, yeah, God, that, that's so good. But could you maybe give it to the person to my left? That sounds great. I'll maybe go tell someone in church leadership that they should do that. But could you give me something a little bit more, more comfortable? Some, I want to let you know that sometimes when God calls you to do something, it's not always going to be comfortable. I want to speak against that lie or that perception that we have about when God speaks to us. God is going to challenge us because when we're out of our depths, we rely on his strength. But if we can do it on our own strength, it's all about what I did. But when we go with God, he's the one that gets the glory. Because it's not, no longer about me, but it's about what God did through me. Can I just say that Jonah, I didn't say this earlier, but Jonah is the only prophet where pretty much his whole chapter and his prophecy is actually what God was doing through him. Most of the other prophets, they speak about God, they tell people what to do. There is a moment in Jonah where he does that, but for the most part, God is doing a work through him to his people and that's what i want to say to you today god is doing something in you because he's wanting you to share that with his people he's wanting you to be used by him but the only way we can be used is when we're not getting too comfortable and just sitting in what is easy i want to say this to you that if you want to run from god there's always a ship waiting to take you there's always another option. 
Many of us see open doors, then we walk in and we're like, this is God's will. I don't know about you, but I know I've been guilty of not praying, not asking God, seeing an opportunity, walking in and in the back end being like, God, could you bless this? What would it look like instead of just walking through every door if we just stopped and we said, God, what is it that you want for me? God, because when I'm in your plan, when I'm in your will, that is the safest place I can be because I'm going to be empowered by you. Maybe in business, with family, with marriages, with all the things that matter. Sometimes it feels like we can talk about this, but on Sunday, but come Monday to Saturday, that's just free game. But what would it look like if God had the other six days of the week? I want to share a personal story on this. Um, I love what I do. I love youth ministry. Um, every year, Sivu and I have a moment in the beginning of the year where we just reflect like, God, is this still the place you want us? Is this still the season where we need to be? And it's increasingly hard. Like, I don't want to lie to you. And I know sometimes we feel like when your high school students go through something like, yeah, but is it really that challenging? Like, if only when the real world hits them. But for young people, that is their real world. And seeing and walking journeys with young people and then seeing varsity life coming and wrecking them and them just going off the rails. I was in a place where I'm like, God, I don't know if I can do this anymore. So I was chatting with a friend and he mentioned another church. Another church person call, called me. They pitched an idea. And I was like, you know what? This church is at the coast. Who doesn't want to be at the beach? Like after church, just chilling on the beach, having a good time. But then Siva and I paused and it was my wife to be completely honest and said, but what is God's will? Because it's not easy. We're discouraged. But what is God wanting us to do in the season? And I truly believe we're still seeing the fruits of what doing, God's doing in the season. But it doesn't make it easy. So I want to encourage you again. Yo, I don't know what's happening. Water's coming out of my eyes. I want to tell you again that it is not easy, but God is with you in that. That that is the safest place you can be being used and empowered by God. Not in my strength, but God in your strength. Can I ask you this question? Are you allowing God's word to direct your path? Or have you looked for what is easy and calling it God's will. The next point is this, a road of disasters. We see that Jonah gets in the boat, everything is going well, he's fleeing, and then in the text we'll notice over and over it says, but God. So Jonah gets a word, but Jonah. Then God says, then it's, but God. But Jonah, but God. I hope you're seeing that God, if he's called you to something, he'll relentlessly pursue you in it. And I feel like some people today, because we have some guests, we have some people that might be new to church for the very first time. I want to say this to you, that God is relentless in his pursuit of you. That it doesn't feel like it. It feels like with 8 billion people, I don't know if that's right. With many people in the world, it's easy just to feel another, like another number. To be in a room like this just to feel like another number, but know that God is relentlessly pursuing and coming after you. That you matter so much to Him. That He would even cause a storm to get your attention. And that's what He did with Jonah. Jonah was fleeing, but there's a storm that stops him. God will do everything he can to get the butt out of you. 
Because we're so quick with, but God, like, what about the people on stage? But God, mm, but God finance, but God. God will remove all the buts because he's wanting to use you. It's not for someone else, it's for you. If God's placed, God's placed the word on you, if God's challenge, I believe that God is wanting to do great things in our city. That is the vision of what we want to do as a local church. But it doesn't come through the gifts of a few, but it comes through the sacrifice of many people. It's going to take all of us as God's people to see the city be changed. So we need to, today, remove the buts. God, no longer I, but God, you. Remove the but. God, empower me. God, use me. I want to be used by you. And here's the reality. If we're not... Do in this moment, Jonah was not going, he was going in the opposite direction. What happens? A storm hits them. Notice that there were other people also affected in that. That sometimes us being outside the will of God and doing what God's called us to do doesn't only just affect us, but it actually affects other people. It's not just you, it affects other people, that you are critical in what God is wanting to do. Do you, can I just say, the God of the universe, who could at a a moment speak and a sea stops, a moment speaks into dust and a being is created, that's who he is. He says, I want to partner with you. I want to use you. That's who is backing us. That's who is for us. So when we come with the buts, Let's remind ourselves about who our God is. And then what we see happening is the men are in this boat. And they don't know what's going on. So what do they do? They go and they call on their many gods. It's many different men. They would have tried calling on their God. The next one, a God. The next one, a God. Eventually, nothing's changing. The sea is, the sea is getting worse. What do they do? They go down to Jonah. They're like, okay, how are you sleeping? Wake up. Call on your God. Because in the moment of, in a moment of being overwhelmed, it's so and feeling overwhelmed, fearful, lacking peace. It's so easy for us to run and try different things, try substances, try different things that make us feel good for a moment, but leave us feeling wanting more. Or we go and we try things, and it actually makes us feel more regret afterwards. Because I believe that is what sin is—the thing you do to fulfill yourself that makes you feel having like regret afterwards. That thing that you know you shouldn't do, because as soon as you do it, you hate yourself immediately for doing it. We try to fill ourselves with everything up, but God is wanting to be the one. My last point is this. A road to salvation. While these men, uh, Jonah reveals who he is, and what do they do? They acknowledge who he is, but they're like, cool, the sea is getting worse, but they try. They're like, no, we're going to get to the other side. Eventually, they, need it. they throw Jonah off out of the boat. And as they do it, it says that the sea ceased immediately. And what happens in this moment is these men come to know who God is. They stop and they worship and they praise him. I don't know what you're going through right now. But maybe there's some jonah-like stuff in your life that god's telling you to get rid of today that god's revealed inside of you that he's saying you need to put this down this is not what i've called you to be and today maybe you need to trust in me 
that right now you may be in a storm and it's overwhelming you. You're feeling like there's no way out. When you look left and right, it just feels like the waves are getting bigger and bigger. We see in the New Testament that Jesus says to the raging sea, peace be still. I want you to know today that Jesus can do that for your storm. That he can say, peace be still and the storm will cease. These men stop and they worship and they come to know the Lord. In the Bible, when it speaks about the Lord, it usually speaks about Yahweh, the one true God. Do you know how overwhelming this ocean, this thing, this, how big these waves must have been in order to get sailors to be afraid? Like they were overwhelmed, yet as soon as they almost partnered alongside God and got Jonah to get back into the will of what God called him to do, that God made the sea calm. If you're new to church and you've never put your faith in Jesus before, or maybe life has, the waves of life have knocked you down. COVID feels like, God, where were you in the midst of all of this? God, it feels like your presence left for a moment. I see you in the Old Testament. I see you in the New Testament. But where are you right now? I want to tell you right now that the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament is the God of the right now. That he is faithful always. That even when we're faithless, he is faithful. And that faithful God is calling you into relationship today. That he's saying all those things where you've run to, where you've tried to find fulfillment, where you've tried to find peace, where you've tried to find a love that surpasses all understanding, you won't find it because you can only find it in me. And I think today God's calling some of us to say, man, God, I'm, I'm done trying on my own. God, I need you. Now I think for some of us, those of us who would call ourselves Christian, who have been praying, God, use me, God, use me. Today God's saying, Yes, I will accuse you, but it's not going to be easy, but I will be with you. My presence will be with you. My presence won't leave you. I won't forsake you. But that thing I've called you to, I'm going to be with you. But today, maybe today is a moment where you need to put a flag in the ground and say, God, today I'm going to do it. If it's someone in your family, if it's something you need to start, I don't know what it is because I believe in a moment like this, that this general revelation where God calls us to make disciples of all nations, that's a call for everyone, but there's unique moments of how that is played out. That your calling might not look like mine, but God is calling you to be faithful in what he's called you to do. What would our city look like if God's people would say, God, use me? It might not be easy, but I know you'll be with me, not for my name, not because I'm going to be great, but empowered by you for your glory, for your kingdom, for you alone. So I'm going to ask everyone, if you wouldn't mind, closing your eyes and bowing your heads. If there's anyone in the room today who you've never put your faith in Jesus, or maybe you were you consider yourself a Christian because you come to church every Sunday, but you've never actually put your faith in Him. In the room or online, that is you. Tonight, I want to tell you that God wants to be in relationship with you. It's not about attendance record. It's about relationship. It's about being in relationship with Him. If you've never done that, 
all you have to do is this. The Bible says that if we would believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you would be saved. If you've never done that before, I want to encourage you. Why not say, God, I'm done trying on my own strength. God, I'm done trying to look at other things to fulfill me. God, today, I want you to be king over my life. God, I want you to be the one who's in control. God, I want to be in your plan. God, I want to be doing what you've called me to do. And then for the those of us in the room would consider ourselves Christian. I want to pray a blessing over you. And this is it. God, I pray right now for every Christian in the room. God, I pray again that you would speak to their hearts afresh again. God, I pray for crazy, audacious dreams. God, I pray for things that in our standard does not make sense as impossible. But God, only with you is it possible. God, I pray that you would use us. God, we don't want to be a people that would come to the end of our days and said, we miss seeing God move. God, we want to be used by you. We want to be empowered by you. God, help us to be your vessels in the city. God, I pray for crazy things. God, I even pray for divine connections. I pray for favor. God, I pray before we move, we would come to you. I would ask you, God, is this the right venture? God, is this the right person? That God, you would bring the right people alongside us. God, won't you move for your name alone, for your glory. I pray these things in your precious name. And all God's people said.